Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Okay, well, week two of Living Your Calling. What on earth am I here for? Gunnadar's doing it, Tamworth's doing it, Gyra's doing it, Bendemi's doing it, Armadale's doing it. And we're all united in finding our purpose and our calling in God and what His call on our life is. The Bible tells us that God is love. God is love. That is His nature. He is love. Now, hopefully people would describe you as loving. If not, you need to work on that. But no one would ever say, Barry, Barry, Barry Smith. Oh, Barry Smith is love. That's who Barry is. No one would ever describe us like that. But God is love. The Bible says that God is love. The only reason that we're able to receive and to give love is because we're made in the image of God. Now, some would dispute that and say, well, horses and dogs give love. They really, really do. And we would all say that cats do not give love. But... But actually, we're made in God's image, and He made us to love us, and He made us to give love and to receive love. So we're going to go deep this morning in the understanding of the love of God. The Bible says this on your sheet. If you haven't got that yet, there's a sheet that you can actually fill out this morning. Those of you who love filling out sheets will just really enjoy this series. Yes, I hear you. I feel that. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 on the top of the sheet says this. It says, long ago... Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. I don't know when you feel like your life began, but this verse says that even before he made the world, that he loved us. So God actually created the conditions that were able to house humanity. Uh, if you're a scientist, you know all the stats that so many one degree or something closer to the sun or further away from the sun means that we either burn up or we freeze. But God created this universe and he made it be able to house us, humanity, the focus, it says here, of his love. So the first purpose of my life is to be loved by God. My first purpose in life is to be loved by God. The first reason that we're created was so that God could love us. Let's just let that sink in for a second. Your first purpose was not to do something for God. Your first purpose was not to uh, give to God. Your first purpose was not to help your fellow man. Your first purpose was to be loved by God. The Westminster Catechism says that the per- humanity's primary purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. You know, as humanity, we get so good at wanting to glorify God, everything glorify God. But what about the second part? And enjoy Him forever. Enjoy God. Can you even imagine that? God didn't create you to do something. He created you to love you. It's your first duty. And... Uh, Jude chapter 1 verse 1 says there, this letter is from Jude. Now let's just pause there for a second because Jude was the half-brother of Jesus. Jesus, obviously mother was Mary, uh, but conceived by the Holy Spirit. But then obviously Mary and Joseph went on to have other children. One of them was James and one of them was Jude. How would it be growing up with Jesus as your brother? He'd be like, Mom, Jesus did it. And she'd be like, "Um, it's Jesus. He didn't do it. I know he didn't do it. You're lying. 
And what would it take for you, Luke Bennell, to recognize that your brother Jay was the son of God? Like, what would he have to do? (laughs) There'd have to be a whole lot. If you've got a brother in this place today, you know that for you to worship him as the son of God, that that is a miracle and that is phenomenal and he must be who he said he was because no, ain't nobody going to worship their brother and call him perfect and the son of God. But in Jude 1.1 here, it says, this letter is from Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. So he's claiming that he knows that first he's meant to be serving Jesus, but he's a brother of James. I'm writing to all who are called, There's that word again, we're examining our calling, who are called to live in the love of God, the Father, and in the care of Jesus Christ. Our first calling is to live in the love of God, to live in the love of God. Incredible. So, (laughs) well, sorry, just a little bit of a mind blank moment, that's okay. I know you all zone out sometimes during my messages, so I can too. Okay, my first calling is to enjoy a relationship with God. My first calling is to enjoy a relationship with God. So here we see that, uh, that this is, it's not just meant to be loved by God and this is this ethereal kind of nebulous and undefinable thing. No, it plays out in relationship. Dear friends, in Rome, it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 7, God loves you dearly and he has called you to be his very own people. He wants relationship with us. He loves us and wants relationship with us. It's not religion. It's a relationship. Perhaps you're from a background where you had to do so many whatevers and and pray through the whatever. And you're like, well, no, isn't it like I have to get everything right? No, no, it's all about relationship with him. And we say it so much that it's almost become a cliche and we kind of brush it aside. But God created us to have a relationship with us. But we know that there's even different kinds of relationships. For me personally, if you know me, you know I'm lavish with the I love yous. We didn't really say I love you that much at home growing up. My sister and I did, but as a whole, our family didn't really. And so now I'm just making up for lost time. And I just tell everyone I love them. And uh, in emails, I sign off love, Bron. And I actually do. Like, I'm not lying. I really do. I, I, like, I feel love for people quite easily. But I can tell you that the love I have for you when I've had a, just a really great talk with you for the first time and we say goodbye and I say I love you and, and you're like, <laughs> um, and, but I actually really do feel that. The love I have for you at that moment is very different from the love that I have for my children. My children, man, something happens to them. I'm... I, I'm bereft. Everything else goes out the window. Everything else is gone. Uh, Ashley, little Ashley Mahalingham, and 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 been given permission to share this. Um, I don't. You might not remember, but Dave used to play keys uh, when we were in the other building. Singaporean family. Um, little Ash uh, has come down with a encephalitis and and now has gone back. Is in Westmead Children's Hospital to the point where she has to learn every function again. She's a 15 year old girl. She can't eat, she can't talk, she can't walk, she can't do anything. And the doctors are saying that she needs to retrain and have a recovery. And every time I've talked to Hema, she's bawling, as you can imagine, that Hema's the mum, and I'm bawling. I'm bawling because I love Ashley. She's like one of my own. She spent a lot of time at our house. But I'm also bawling because I imagine one of my children in that situation. And even now, I can't even fathom it. And, and if you're a parent, you know you would take on that disease, you would take on that infection in a heartbeat to release your child from it. And just while we're in this space, can we just pray for Ash? Let's just pray for her right now. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray for a miracle for Ashley. Lord, you understand the intricate workings of her body and you know exactly what's going on right now. So, Lord, we claim healing for her in Jesus' name, healing that you won on the cross, Lord. Lord, we claim that for her. We, we say that her recovery will, will be miraculous and quick and that she will not have to go through everything that the doctors have said. But, Lord, you are going to do a miraculous work in her body in Jesus' name. We thank you in advance. Amen. Amen. So, uh, so you, you know... And so in terms of the relationship that God wants with us, the next point is that relationship is to be his son or daughter. That's the relationship that he desires with us, to be his son or daughter. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, What an incredible quality of love the Father has shown us, that we should be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. And so we are. I love this in a different version. It says, what great manner of love has the Father lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. He has lavished his love upon us. And some of you might be like, we know. We know. He does. But the fact that we're bored by it shows how little we get it. This should be something that we wake up to, like that song that we sang, waking up to heaven, waking up to the love of God, believing that God loves us. That should turn our day upside down. That should turn everything upside down. Our number one purpose isn't to accomplish something. It's not to make something of ourselves. It's to enjoy the love of our Father. You want to know how much you're loved by God? You can't do anything to make you love Him any more than He does right now make him love you any more than he does right now. You can't do anything to make him love you any less than he does right now. You are sitting right now in the love of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 to 19 says, I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great you will never fully understand it. It's like, it's like an ant trying to understand the internet, to understand how big God's love. Let's, let's be honest, it's like me trying to understand the internet, to understand how big God's love is. So how wide is it? It's wide enough to be everywhere. It's wide enough to be everywhere. You might say, Bron, I've seen some places that seem completely devoid of God's love. God's love is still there. And yes, there are hard questions and we don't want to check our brains at the door and just, you know, accept whatever. Yes, there are dire circumstances and situations where we go, well, where's your love there, God? And all I can kind of, Fathom is that imagine if God's love wasn't there at all, how much worse everything would be. If God were to retract his love from the globe, how long would we last before we completely destroyed each other? Imagine a life without the love of God existing anywhere around us or in us. It's there. It's everywhere. And just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. We can't see God, but he's real. He's real. These questions are hard questions, but God's love is wide enough to be everywhere. How long is it? It's long enough to last forever. It's long enough 
to last forever. Love is a many splendid thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love. And I've managed to stay in love with Darren from the moment I fell in love with him. He's fallen out of love with me many times. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Have you? What? Um, <laughs> he never has. He ne- well, I don't know. Maybe he has. I don't care. Um, <laughs> do care. Love you deeply. Um, the truth is that scientists say that that feeling of being in love that that chemical only lasts two years max. That's what they, they put it in it. You're like, I've defied the odds. We are in love with each other all the time. Well, maybe, but scientists say it's only two years. And then from there, you have to choose to keep loving. And, and that's a choice. Then it becomes the choice. You haven't got the fuzzy-wuzzy butterflies anymore, but you've got a choice and a deep choice to love each other deeper than you ever have before. Well, God will never, ever stop loving us. He will never stop loving us. Even if we choose to reject him, and we choose to have eternity without him, otherwise known as hell, then he will still love us even then. How will God, a loving God, send people to hell? He, a loving God doesn't send people to hell. People reject God and send themselves to an eternity without him, but he still loves us even then. You know, there's a story in the Bible where, um, where God decides to show this unlike anything else. He says to a prophet, he says, I want you to marry a prostitute. Because I want you to show my people just how committed I am to them, though they have turned away from me and prostituted themselves to other gods. I want this to be on display. And so he marries this woman who rejects him again and again and goes back to her old lifestyle. And and God says, keep displaying how much I will keep going back to my people who have rejected me. He loves us so much. It is long enough to last forever. It is deep enough to handle anything. It's deep enough to handle anything. What are you going through? It's deep enough to handle it. You might be like, well, I'm in the pit right now, Bron. I'm in the pit. It's deep enough to handle it. It's deep enough to go as deep. You know, um, um, the psalmist wrote, even if I find myself in the pit of Sheol, that even there your love will find me. It's deep enough to handle anything. It's high enough to overlook mistakes. It's high enough to overlook mistakes. You were like, I've, I've, I've tanked it. I've, I'm too bad now. It's done. God can't possibly love me anymore. No, it is high enough to overlook mistakes. You're like, well, some of it I did on purpose. It's high, high enough to overlook your sin as well. God made us to love us. So let me ask you the question, how would your life change if you really understood how much God loved you? I'll tell you how it's changed in my life a little bit. Previously, when I'd stepped down from the pulpit, after I've preached a message that I know is not good, <laughs> they happen. I know that you've never seen it, but it's happened. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. And this loathing would come upon me of just, you, Bron, why? You know, if you don't prepare, that's what happens. And this, just this, oh, you're an idiot, you're a goose. Oh, you handled the word of God incorrectly. Oh, how would God possibly trust you? Just this loathing would come upon me. But understanding the love of God is like, oh, okay. Yeah, I messed that up, didn't I, Lord? <laughs> like, not good, not okay, let's not laugh about it, God. <laughs> but but it, no longer do I feel that constant loathing. I actually, okay, I'm, I'm loved by God, so I'm, I'm okay. Sure, the people of God are going home without a word from God this morning. Go get it yourself. Um, <laughs> not really. 
there's, there's different things that, you know, I need to work on, obviously, but I don't feel that loathing anymore. Also, another way that it's changed my life is that um, I'm a... People pleaser has always been a really difficult thing for me. I always wanted to just, you know, I worried about what people thought of me. But knowing what God thinks about me changes all that. Knowing that he loves me changes all of that. And having his approval changes the need for everybody else's, which leads us to the next point. Number one, what changes, what changes happen if I stay aware of God's constant love for me? I feel accepted rather than ashamed. I feel accepted rather than ashamed by faith. We've been made acceptable to God. And now because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live at peace with God. I feel accepted rather than ashamed. We don't need to live up to everybody else's approval. Number two, I'm bold in bringing my needs to God. I'm bold in bringing my needs to God. You know, when my kids were little, they would ask me for stuff that we couldn't afford. And someone had said to me, don't tell your kids I can't afford that. I can't really remember the reason why, but just the statement stuck with me. So I wouldn't tell them that we couldn't afford it. They just had this thing of, well, if it's available, then you're going to give it to me because you're my parent. And, uh, and they didn't get it, so their experience taught them otherwise. But, um, but now we have a teenage boy in the house, and he is just hungry all the time, just all the time. And so he used to say, just come in and say, anything to eat, mum? And so I'd list off the options, and, uh, and, and he was just like, that if there's something to eat, obviously I'm going to be able to eat it, because I'm hungry. And now it's just, he's even stopped asking anything to eat, it's just, I'm so hungry, I'm starving. He's literally going to die every second of the day unless he gets fed. Why? Because he's, he's got an understanding of, if I'm hungry, my mum's going to feed me. And it's the same with us. If we know that we're loved, we should be able to go to God and say, oh, I can see Lockie using this against me for all the rest of my life. Oh, well, mum, if you love me, I should be able to be fed. <laughs> Get your own food. Um, but with God, bold in bringing our needs before God. Why? Because he loves us. If we understand that he loves us, we're bold in bringing our needs. Now, that's not our wants. It's our needs. Let's not trust God for promises that he never made. But he says that he will look after us, that he will take care of us. And so we're bold in bringing our needs to him. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What about this next point, number three? I have peace in pain I don't understand. I have peace in pain I don't understand. Now, the hard thing is that God doesn't owe us an explanation for every bad thing that happens. So there are some things that we won't understand until we get to eternity with him. There's a lot of things we don't understand. Losses we don't understand. Rejection that we don't understand. Hurts that we don't understand. But you don't have to understand them to be at peace. That's the amazing thing. There's a peace that passes all understanding that God promises to us. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Philippians 4, 7, write that down under, I have peace in pain, I don't understand, right? Philippians 4, 7, it's important that we get a hold of the scripture. It says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is a profound verse. It will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, the peace that passes all understanding. Why is this profound? Because our two biggest robbers of our peace that we have 
are our thoughts and our emotions, our heart and our mind. They're the things that rob our peace the most. We get thinking and our thoughts start to swirl or we get feeling and our emotions start to swirl. But it says here that the peace of God, which passes our understanding, bypasses our mind and our emotions, will then guard our mind and our heart in Christ Jesus. We have peace even though we don't understand what's going on. You know, I'm talking to Hema about Ashley and she's like, I know God's good, Bronnie. I know that God's good. I don't understand this. I hate looking at my daughter like this, but I know that God is good in the midst of all of this. That's a peace that passes all understanding. Number four, I gain the courage to take risks. I gain the courage to take risks. I am not a risk taker. My husband is. Oh, except when it comes to like adrenaline stuff. Then he's not a risk taker, and I am. <laughs> but when it comes to, in fact, I loved bungee jumping. Maybe you've heard this before. I loved bungee jumping so much. I was with Jules and 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 a few relatives and friends in in um, Lake Taupo, and it was so awesome. And and I loved it so much. Just like going off, I can still feel that feeling right now. Three, two, one. <gasps> And, and the, the second time was half price. So I climbed back up the hill and went again. But the thing was is that they put these massive big like anklet bracelet things like, like you're in jail around you to clip the rope onto. So I've got them on, they're really heavy and I've shuffled out to the edge and you can see this on the video uh, of my bungee jump. And the, and the New Zealand guy said, oh, excuse me, uh, do you just want to sit back down for uh, just a second? So I shuffled back down, sat down and he clipped the rope on. <laughs> I was so pumped and so excited that I was ready to go. Praise the Lord for WHS. And praise the Lord that I wasn't in like, I don't know, one of those South American countries that let you bungee jump, however, without the checks. So I'm a risk taker in that way, but not in life. Not in life. And, uh, and my husband is a total risk taker. When he became a Christian, he uh, um, was like, you know, one of the reference points was Billy Graham. And he rang his dad, told him he's become a Christian. And his dad's like, mate, I'm going to buy you a tin. And you're going to go around the whole of Australia. You're going to be the next Billy Graham. Is that kind of how he talked? Yeah, good. And <laughs> he's calling you. No, we're going to go there. Okay. So, but Daz has the courage to take risks because he's got a father who has just championed him all the time and said, you can do it. I believe in you. And so when we've got a father who loves us and believes in us and loves us unconditionally, we have the ability to take risks because even if it tanks, he still loves us. He's not going to judge us harshly even if it goes wrong. Um, unconditional love turns a loser into a winner because it's all learning. It's fine. So I gained the courage to take risks. Finally, number five, I worship instead of worry. I worship instead of worry when I know that I'm loved. I worship instead of worry. And worship is simply expressing your love back to God. You know, we get so used to this being worship and not even the first song, like the slow songs are the worship. Let's have a moment of worship. But no, worship is simply enjoying God. Sitting knowing that we're loved and expressing our love back to Him. You know when you're not expressing your love to God or feeling God's love when you're worried. When you're worried, then you know that you're not really feeling God's love or expressing your love to Him. We can actually turn our worry into worship, we can turn our panic into prayer. Romans chapter 6, verse 13, this is worship. Give yourselves completely to God, completely, since you have been given new life. And John chapter 1, verse 12, just before Darren comes, 
Ask the band to come now too. It says, to all who believed him and accepted him, Jesus gave the right to become the children of God. To all who believed him and accepted him, Jesus gave the right to become the children of God. So you want to know how you become a child of God? It is simply by believing him and accepting him. And then the love, enjoying that love. You see, the fact is he loves you already. Whether you know him or whether you don't, as you sit here right now, he loves you already. But then this is a moment where you can actually decide whether you're going to enjoy that love and love him back. I'll hand over to Pastor Daz. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I'd love you just for a moment to close your eyes. And um, we're going to pray in a moment. And, and closing your eyes just so we can focus. Um, with your eyes closed and your thought just focus, if you can just focus on, on my voice for, for just a couple more moments. I wonder in your life, have you, are you like the Bible just says there, those who believed in Him? Those who believed in Him. I grew up as one who, even though I wasn't serving Him, even though I didn't receive Him, I absolutely believed in Him. I wonder if you're like I was and you go, Darren, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of humanity. If you believe that, if you... And this morning you've heard just how much God loves you, which is an unfathomable thought for us, really, that God would love you and love me more than any human on the planet could ever love us. And so with your eyes closed, with your focus on my voice, but especially on God today, I wonder if you go, yeah, Darren, I definitely believe, and I wonder if you're ready to do that next thing that the Bible says there, those who believed in Him and accepted Him. And in accepting Him, what we're really saying is, I accept you, Jesus, that you did die for my sins and I'm trusting in that to put things right with God, but I also accept you now to be the, the guide, the authority in my life. I'm not going my way anymore, Jesus, I'm going your way. Are you ready for that? If you believe in Him, it's the most obvious thing to do is to accept Him. So with your head bowed and with your eyes closed, I want to pray a prayer and, uh, and then at the end I'm going to ask everyone just to say Amen, which means I agree. But if you're like, Darren, I'm saying, I'm, I want you to include me in the prayer. I want you to be mindful of me because this morning I'm not only believing, but I'm accepting Jesus. I'm accepting that He did pay the penalty for my sin and I'm accepting that I will follow Him for the rest of the days of my life. I'm putting my trust in Him. So with every head bow, every eye closed, if that's you, you're going, Darren, I want to pray this prayer. I want things to be right with God. I want to step into everything that Bronze just talked about. If that's you, will you just raise your hand so I can see it and go, yep, Darren, include me in the prayer. Great. There's a bunch of people with your hands raised. This is between you and God, every part of the room. And uh, thank you. You can put your hands on down. Uh, I'm praying especially for you and with you today. And what's going to go on in this moment as we pray this prayer and as at the end you say amen with everybody else, which is yes, I agree. The Bible says that in this moment, as you put your trust in Him, that your name is written in the eternal book of life. And we can explain that later. That eternity is secured. That peace with God is found in this moment. 
and that the purpose of God can unfold from this moment. And the Bible promises that the power of God will come into your life. So that's what we're believing for right now. Let me pray. And at the end, let's say amen when I invite you all. Heavenly Father, we thank you for every hand raised. We know that the hand raised represents a heart surrendered. This is us saying to you, the one who loves us more than anyone could. This is us saying to you that we believe in Jesus, who He is, what He's done, all He's promised. God, we don't know it all, but we know enough to put our trust in Jesus. And so we declare that we believe today and we accept you, Jesus, as not only the Saviour, but the Lord of our lives in this moment. It's no more living our way. We're going your way. Lead us, God, in your love and by your grace. Lead us, we pray. I pray for every person who's responded in this prayer, Lord, for your peace to come to them, to your power, come fill them. And we thank you that your eternal promise is now theirs in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in the room said, amen, amen. That's awesome. They, um, will you put your hands together? A bunch of people just really thank God for that decision. It literally does change your life forever as you walk into it. You can head to our website and um, uh, click the I Have Decided um, icon there for a next step. Talk to someone after the service. I'll help you with it. Hey again. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.